0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Business and Beers podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Goo Goo. Better sleep means a healthier and happier you. Sleep Is that important? I actually own a Gugu mattress, and I can say it's one of the most comfortable beds I've ever slept on. And Gugu is super affordable. It comes in a box. It's delivered free. You open the box, cut the plastic wrap, and whammo, your Gugu mattress is ready to go. It's pretty simple. And now Gugu is offering a special discount for you, the Business and Beers podcast listeners. Just go to Gugu.jp. Gugu is spelled G-U-G-U. Check out their website, and when you order a mattress, enter BB Japan in the promo code box for your 20% discount. They offer free shipping, a 100-night trial, hassle-free returns, and a 10-year warranty. So, check them out at Gugu.jp. Better sleep, better you. episode is part two of my talking business over beers with Dr. David Sweet. It gets pretty lively and David even quotes another doctor, Dr. Seuss, and why he thinks green eggs and ham could be the best sales book ever. We also get into a few more personal stories during this episode and we both drill down to what we believe to be the core requirements for a great salesperson. Please sit back and enjoy part two of my continued conversation with Dr. David Sweet. What are you looking at? (laughs) That's one of the problems about doing a podcast. That's that's one about the problems of doing a podcast in a bar is there's a lot of distractions. (laughs) (laughs) On the last pages of your book, you generously offer up your reading (laughs) recommend recommended reading list. Yeah. It's very nice. (laughs) You have 13 books that are related to sales. You have seven books that are related to time management, motivation. Yeah. You have another 13 books. Okay. So your book is dedicated to sales, yet your recommended reading list, you have the same amount of sales as you do motivational books. Yeah. Why is that? Because you get told no most of the time.
1: You have to have this kind of bounce back ability, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The one thing that I love about sales is at the end of the month, you know whether you've done your job or not, but it's not like a, an accountant where at the end of the month, they know that the books are closed and it's done and it's 100% over with. Right.
0: So I think that's the...
1: Okay, oh, there you, That's it. we I saved love the this. best for the last. Oh, you
0: did save the best for last. Well done. Damn, brood- excited, BrewDog, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, damn, if I knew this was on the list, I would've ordered this first. Yeah. It's on the list. Man, see, you are a champion. <laughs> Thank, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> this, is, this is like yeah. Universal Studios. He's a fast learner, too, man. Nice. Cheers. You get no a lot yeah. in sales. I mean, it's, it's all about... Sales is rejection, basically, right?
1: Rejection and then how to keep on going.
0: I, on. I noticed that on your recommended reading list, oh, yeah. the secret wasn't on there.
1: No, no, no. I was just thinking, my plants. Just because I have positive thinking, my plants don't grow in the morning. You know. <laughs> Did but you? I think there's one book that I left out that I wish I would have put on.
0: Oh, yeah, what's that? And I
1: think it's the best sales book that I know of.
0: And you didn't put that on there? I don't think I
1: put it on there. Your own book? Yeah, it is the secret. It is Dr. Seuss's Green Eggs and Ham. Okay. <laughs> it is my favorite sales book. Sam I Am is going out over and over and over saying, Would you eat them with a goat? Would you eat them on a boat? Would you eat them in the dark? No, I would not eat them here. I would not eat them there. No, Sam, I will not eat them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. Sam, I am. Oh, would you, could you please eat them? And it just goes on through the whole book. And finally, what's he do? He eats the green eggs and ham. He makes the sale at the end of the book. It's my favorite sales book of all time. Dr. Seuss, baby.
0: Damn, dude. Cheers to that. <laughs> you just quoted Dr. Seuss on the Business and Beers podcast. Yeah, there you go. Who would have thunked it? <laughs> I like that. That was, that was great. That, that was good. That was real good. Although, I also noticed among the 33 books that you recommend, yes. there was not a single book about Japanese business, right. Japanese culture, or doing sales in Japan. There was nope. nothing Japan related on that list. Nope. Why not? I wrote
1: the book for the US mainly. For oh, US
0: popular. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote it when I was
1: in the US originally. So what I learned and I put in the book was in Japan, but it wasn't necessarily a Japanese centric book. So
0: I see.
1: So it's not about sales in Japan though, if you're in Japan it, all the communication skills work and so I think it works here, and it works there, and it works in the dark, over there, and here. You're trying to With the make goat. up, make With up the your goat. own Dr. Seuss now? Yeah,
0: yeah. So it does work. Yeah. Do you have any Japanese business, Japanese culture, sales, anything, um, Japanese business books that you recommend to
1: them? Um, Japanese sales books specifically? No. None that I come to mind. Okay.
0: Because there's a lot.
1: Any that you that you would recommend?
0: A couple actually and i read these back in university and they still hold true to today uh one is by an author named i think it's condone the name of the I, i may get the author wrong but the name of the book is called in respect to the Japanese it's not it's not a business book you learn a lot about how Japanese think Japanese psyche Japanese yeah. culture yeah. and of course that translates into business of yeah, course. Sure. so it's called with respect to the Japanese or in respect of the Japanese by Kondon okay C-O-N-D-O-N I think and another book is the Anatomy of Dependence and it talks about Japanese culture people are dependent on each other. I mean it's it's yeah. the it's the group mentality yeah. aspect but it, you know there's Japanese words such as yeah. and taioru right. you know to depend on to rely yeah. on why you know the child relies on the mother the mother relies on the oh, nice. breadwinner the yeah. husband the husband relies on the company. The company relies on the government. The government relies back on the people to right. do, you know, all that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's an old. Book. I think it was written in the '60s or the '70s. Wow. But, but those a lot two of it's books are
1: rehashing. Of, I mean, sale, a lot of sales books are how-to, right? Yeah. And step by step, and that just drives me nuts. Exactly. I, I, I like something that's a little bit more timeless and helps you go out with
0: a good mentality. A lot of that is common sense. Yeah. To be a great salesperson obviously you need experience uh, some of it is taught some of it's learned over time some of it is inherent to be a great salesperson you need all these aspects that you mentioned in your book yeah. but if you were to list up the three basic qualities that you need to have to be it's kind of like in cooking when we reduce yeah. reduce something right you you boil or you, uh, you simmer, you know, some ingredients down down to their basics so it thickens or the it enhances the flavor. So when you reduce them, so if you were going to reduce a salesperson, I have my three, but I'll let you go first. Okay. The three just basic qualities to make a great salesperson, what would those three be? And if you need a minute to think about well,
1: it. I think um, first one is uh, being competitive. Competitive. Whether, whether it's for themselves or with others. There's a competitive spirit in sales. Okay, um, I agree. The second one would be someone that has a really a go-getter mentality. Residual? Really? With, mm-hmm. with, with, you know, when you told no,
0: we've been in Japan too long. I, I forget all these words, too. words. Resilience.
1: Resilience would be number two. Mm-hmm. I would say resilience. You got. You need to keep on coming back. You get. You get knocked down onto the mat. And you get back up and you do it again. Um, And then the third one I'm going to say, which um, I'm going to pick Napoleon as my model, and I'd say luck. Luck? Luck. I'm surprised by that. Someone that, um, I like lucky people. So people that have luck throughout all their lives tend to continue to have a lot of luck over and over and over again. So, I mean, if they're lucky when they're... And part of it is might be just a mindset that they have that lucky mindset that they... Maybe they were born in poverty and they've raised themselves up and they see that as lucky. But I find that people make their own luck. Nobel Prize winners in chemistry don't get, generally get lucky in physics. They don't get lucky and win a, a prize in some other area. They get lucky where they put their energy. And I think salespeople are the same way. So I'd say luck is the
0: last one. I don't believe in luck, like yeah. as in winning the lottery no. type of thing. But I believe that luck is the crossroads of preparation and opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So if you if you're saying luck is because you prepared and now you identify the opportunity and you're ready for it and you can you can take advantage you of it, in it, then yeah, then I would agree to that.
1: Yes. Because uh, I mean, the story goes that Napoleon used to ask his generals, you know, with one question: "Are you lucky?" And if they said, "Well, yeah, most of the time," well.
0: It's Isn't true. that what Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry said? I'm feeling lucky, punk. Oh, I <laughs>
1: love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So competitive, competitiveness, resilience, and luck. Yeah. That'd that's be my top when, three. When you reduce it down to the to the basics, that's what it takes that's to it. succeed in sales.
1: Yes. My doctor, sweet. There you go. Doctor, sweet. I love it.
0: Very good. All right. Um, and now we go to the little area here that One, I. What's your three? Oh, my three? Yeah, I want to hear your three. Um, you can't ask me that and not tell me yours. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Top three. Number one is listening ability. Love it. Yeah. Number two is passion. Like it, yeah. My philosophy through my whole career. Yeah. I've been offered a lot of jobs. Friends have started companies as they come work for me. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have any passion or any interest in what that service or that product was. Yeah. And if you don't have any passion for it. Now you mentioned it in your book too. Yeah. Uh, if you have passion for something, it shows regardless yeah. of your experience, regardless yeah. of your sales skills. I mean, you we've all met that that geek yeah. who loves Star Wars. Oh sorry, is that you? Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> oh, you. Sorry. A uh, uh, fanboy that loves Star Wars. You're and problem maybe you're, maybe you're not interested in Star Wars, yeah. but you know, he can tell you anything and everything about it and you're maybe impressed by that well, even yeah. if you're not interested in it Okay, uh, listening ability, listening yeah. skills like I said, l- listening to understand rather yeah. than just to, to answer a question or follow yeah. up and then the third one is it's a bit general but I would have to say common sense I like that one, that's, that's very uncommon listening, right. passion common sense
1: neither of us one, one element that we both should be Kadab was be empathy being able to put yourself in the shoes of the buyer is a huge one, right?
0: Yeah. Because Empath- it's not pushing, it's actually pulling and being able to understand. Being a good listener yep. kind of crosses over into the empathy part. Yep. If you're a good yeah, listener, that- you know how to empathize. Yep. I've, I've
1: met some very good Japanese salespeople, but a lot of them I find they... This is going back to being a gaijin in Japan, mm-hmm. is we don't have to follow the rules. So I don't have to call the person that I'm expected to call. I can call the decision-maker. I can skip steps. I can ask direct questions. I can handle a no and make it into a yes and start selling after that. Whereas in Japan or Japanese, colleagues need to go back through and, and follow the directions, talk to the right person, go out and take them out for drinks.
0: Um, um, hold on Speaking about Take going out for, <laughs> for drinks you want another drink? Yeah, yeah
1: It's a Chicago one IPA
0: Yeah, the The Goose Goose, yes Goose yes. IPA
1: And I think that's a, That is a Big, big challenge Is that Even if Because you've worked with enough Japanese in your office Doing sales That they want to do The same thing That the foreigners are doing Right And they're happy to Cold call anybody That you tell them to but they get kicked back because of Japanese. I see it a lot now in my office where we're dealing with a decision maker, and we're talking to them and we're always fine. And then at some point they, decide, they speak to someone Japanese in our office and they'll just let loose with complaints and troubles and challenges. And then if I get involved in English, it all of a sudden goes away automatically just because there's not that direct approach anymore. There's, and that's, again, the, the Japanese challenge, I think, in sales. That's a good point. I mean, I go through in, in my book about different behavior types, right? right. And in the West, we're, we really like people that are go-getters, that have their own opinions, that, that really have their own thoughts, right? Yeah. And we praise that from elementary school. You do show and tell. And so you come in and you tell someone about it, you have an opinion about it, and you're only seven years old. Whereas in Japan, you don't do that. You have, if you're seven, eight years old, you have systemized testing, you're in a group, you're in a uniform, and you need to follow the group and you follow the rules, and that's what you need to do. So when you get into sales, you're gonna do the same thing, just because it's been trained for at least 13, 14 years of your, your school, and so it's, it's a very difficult Habit to break even if if you go overseas and go to school and you come back and you almost become uber Japanese and you follow back into that mm-hmm. that, that, that systematized thought I just think it's really hard to get out of that. So I mean getting it The, the Fukuzatsu getting at everything complicated.
0: Well, you're right. That's that's probably the biggest cultural difference between Japan is the individualism the yeah. versus group mentality which yeah. You know it's not good it's not bad it's, it's just different do you remember anything that you did for show and tell
1: oh that's an awesome question um, I had a Superman and a Batman doll figures uh, when I was uh, probably in second grade definitely took them to school okay. and the thing this is my mom is wonderful she used to uh, make different outfits because it costs money to buy all these different outfits. So she made outfits for my, my Superman and Batman dolls. So I played with dolls as a child, but uh, Batman is Superman. So, yeah, there you are. So what about you?
0: Yeah, I remember one thing that I did show and tell. It was a toy gasoline pump. <laughs> what, what's that? It, what, well, a gasoline pump, right? You fill up your car
1: Oh, okay. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 it had yeah. a
0: wind-up thing on it. Yeah, and the numbers it had three numbers. Okay. I guess the gas was cheap. Yeah, right? it was <laughs> cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first number would go you're one, one through nine. zero. Oh yeah, yeah. One through 99. zero. Oh no, one through That's, nine. Or no, yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, zero. Because you could have ninety-nine cents, I yeah. guess. But once it went from zero one, once it hit nine, 99. the the second number then clicked to one. Yeah. And so the first. This first spot on the left stayed at one yeah. Well, now the second one goes two, three, four, five, six, seven and then the third one clicks over to one duh, yeah. duh, duh. and I thought that that was just fascinating how Did it
1: make a ping sound? Like ping. I think it did I
0: yeah, think it did yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't really remember but it was just a I don't Those remember.
1: are cool I saw one of them yeah, one of my friends had one of those. Yeah That's so,
0: awesome. so that was
1: Maybe you did that you came to my school and showed me that
0: No Do you still have that in a basement no, somewhere? No, I definitely don't I'm not, a, I'm not a collector of things Yeah, yeah However, show and tell, and this is just a personal story, show and tell led me in a way to where I am today. One of my best friends in elementary school, every summer, his parents went to either Mexico or Hawaii. You know, I, I grew up uh, basically poor, uh, lived with my mom, my parents were divorced. Our vacations were maybe camping. In the summer, we would go camping. You know, close by, maybe two, three, four hour drive or whatever. That was our you know, I'd never been overseas, I'd never taken an aer- I'd never been in an airplane until, you know, I came to Japan. During the show and tell, my my, my friend Mike mm-hmm. Michael, he had remember those old slide projectors where it had a carousel, it had slides yeah, 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 in it. Yeah, yeah. Ka-tong, ka-tong, ka-tong. Yeah, 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 He did a slide show of his summer vacation trip to Hawaii. Yeah. And I remember looking at that. I'd never seen a palm tree before, you yeah. know, maybe in a encyclopedia or something, Mm -hmm. but I just remember looking at that and thinking this is like the moon. Mm -hmm. It might as well be Mars or something. Mm -hmm. It was like so beyond my comprehension to get on an airplane and travel to this resort, tropical resort called Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit I was jealous, envious, that they could do that. Mm -hmm. So always in the back of my mind, in my psyche, I think that travel or going overseas international things was maybe it was interesting to me but it was maybe a a sign of success or that you've even to today i i really like the hospitality industry i like the travel industry i love traveling i love airplanes i love hotels yeah i digress no that's good
1: that's because it got me thinking why why people end up in japan is so many different reasons Can I digress into something totally different? Sure. How I got to Japan was when I was um, four years old, I was digging a hole through the planet. And I dug through the planet as one does when one's four years old. And I ran inside and I was very excited. I said, Mom, I dug a hole through the planet and on the other side was a whole bunch of Japs. And, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Danger Will Robinson. <laughs> so my, my mom's a very wonderful creative woman, and she said, uh, David, that's very very interesting. Yeah, you know you shouldn't call Japanese people Japs. That's not polite. Plus, your great 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 grandfather was Japanese, and I was like, that's awesome. I, w- I was just flabbergasted. And and so you you go through school always doing your family heritage and such. So when I was in university doing an uh, education class, Dr. Lowe said, okay, I want you to go find out about your heritage, go talk to your parents if they're still alive. So I go and talk to my parents. I'm like, okay, mom, we got, uh, on my dad's side, we got the Germans and the Irish and the Scottish and the French. And we got the Retalia's with the Italians. And uh, yeah, we got the French, Italians. We got some more Germans. Who's Japanese? No. My mom said, what the hell are you talking about? I said you told me I'm Japanese. <laughs> you believed and it, and I all believed those years. it until I was in my twenties, and so I got her back, I think, and I moved to Japan with Japanese family. So that's probably that's probably the real reason I'm in Japan. Where did you learn that derogatory term? Probably from a television show. Oh, I'm okay. sure there yeah. was that World War II movie somewhere with yeah. again uh, you imagine John Wayne and yeah, and, uh, sure, yeah,
0: you with Yeah,
1: because yeah. when you're in well, back in the 70s, you'd probably see that on, on yeah, television, right? Probably. And it's a, Archie Bunker, probably Archie Bunker, <laughs> right? It's amazing
0: what you put out there. Dude, have you ever seen any like reruns of yeah, Archie so Bunker?
1: It, it makes you cringe. It's it is, cringe-worthy.
0: It, it is <laughs> so
1: politically incorrect. Amazing. amazing. I don't
0: think that, that, definitely that TV show could not yeah. be made today. No. Yeah. Another great movie. And we are really digressing here, but this is fun. I like this. Blazing Saddles. Love that movie. Oh, my God.
1: First R-rated movie I saw. My kids, my my parents mistakenly took me to that when I was probably six or seven. It's like in the
0: early 70s it came out. My mom took me to that movie in Seattle. Yeah. And she took me to the movie and she took me in there. And then she left (laughs) to go do shopping or do whatever and she kept me I was so I watched Blazing Saddles by myself I still love that movie not because of the maybe maybe because of the political incorrectness of it I mean it's
1: but my mom my mom taught me that by becoming who I I said a derogatory term and by becoming that group I never said that again ever because all of a sudden I'm that group I, there, now I've gone deep and, and philosophical for you.
0: No, no, that's good. I like it. How do you like this beer?
1: It's I like um, I like the Goose IPA. I like the Japanese one better. I think
0: that's a Baird Brewery. Yeah, I like that one.
1: But some of the Japanese craft beer is fantastic. Fantastic,
0: it's outstanding. Yep. Nest is Nest is very good. Yep, I that's like good. this a lot. That's, that's a great beer. It's strong. I think it's like eight percent, seven eight percent, something like that. Mm. Very good. But I like this as well. Mm. What restaurant? In Japan or in Tokyo, do you recommend for anybody?
1: Uh, Let's see. I'm a tan-tamen nut. I recommend gomaru and ginza. Yeah, if if you like good tan Ramen. Ramen.
0: Wow. Sorry. What What do you like about it?
1: Um, I like the shiso flavor on it. It's got... Uh, no, no, no. What,
0: what, not what dish do you like. I mean, why do you like that restaurant? Why do you recommend no, that? No, that's table?
1: why. I, because oh. the ton the, the tonmen. Okay. Though it's spicy, it's got a nice flavor, and they, they got a kind of sancho type of uh, flavor behind it. Mm-hmm. Some ton don't have that. Casual, casual place? Very casual,
0: yeah, yeah. Very casual. Yeah. Okay. And last, what is your favorite Japanese word? Oh, wow.
1: It's not gumbaru. Obviously not. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with another uh, one that I really love, that uh, it's so fun to say. Kimuchi warui. Kimuchi warui. Yeah, Kimuchi warui. feels uh, gross. <laughs> it's just so gross. It's so gross. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't have that kind of... Kimuchi warui But, it, 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 <laughs> but, but you
0: only say that in a situation that's negative. Why, uh, why would yeah. that be
1: your favorite word? It's fun to say. Just, I've met so many people sometimes you just say,
0: uh, yeah, he's like, Kimuchi warui. <laughs> Getting back to your least favorite word, which is gambado, the flip side of that in sales. One of my favorite words in sales, in Japanese words in sales, is when you call up or you follow up with your prospect and you say, So, what do you think? My favorite Japanese word is when they say "Sasoku." Oh nice, yeah. That yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. Whenever it's they awesome, say, right. whenever they say sasoku, there's always a positive yeah. thing after that. It's yeah. Like just ja, sasoku yeah, yeah, yeah. or sasoku or let yeah, it's yeah. like let's do it. Yeah, I think my favorite Japanese word is kuki o yomu, to read the air. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. You know that? You yeah, know the yeah, phrase, right? Yeah, yeah. In English what do we say, read the room. Yep. Brr. Yep, read the room. Because in, in Japanese so much is unspoken. Can I take a piss? What? Can I go to the bathroom?
1: Yeah, sure, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Hold on a second. It's too
1: much fun. Alright. Can I take a order?
0: Yeah. How about two Cuban sandwiches? Oh. Okay. Yeah. And uh, fries or salad? which like? I'll have the salad. 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 The music here is fantastic. My My mom was a huge Dire Straits fan. I love Dire Straits. She used to tap dance. She was a tap dance teacher. She tap danced to uh, Sultans of Swing. You you called it. This is what Romeo and Juliet off of uh,
1: making movies. I'm running uh, 118 kilometers a week.
0: That's pretty amazing.
1: I do a lot of two a days, and I'll do back to back. So, on like last week, I did Friday, I did 26K on Friday. And then Sunday, on Saturday, went out in the rain and ran 30, 30k.
0: That's pretty amazing. Three hours?
1: Yeah, I an hour and kilometer, an hour in uh, an hour, uh, 10k. Yeah. It's different also because it's not about speed. It's about really just going up and, and really doing it. So.
0: Right. Do you listen to music when you run?
1: I listen to audiobooks. I listen to tons of audiobooks. Podcasts? So I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I, I listen to music too. So I'll, when I go out, so usually I'll do an out and back run. So I'll go out 10K and run back 20K, 10K, for example. So going out, I'll listen to a lot of audiobooks books, mainly, uh, whether it's history or sales or whatever, and sometimes podcasts, and then I'll come back. And it depends whether I'm in a really good book or not, I'll listen to it. But usually on the way back for the last 10K, I'll switch to music and, and mix it up a little bit. Um, but on rainy days, like on Saturday, so, there's something so beautiful about going out and raining in the rain. I agree. It's quiet. I saw two runners on the Arakawa. No one was out there.
0: Those there's are the no hardcore headphones. guys.
1: And I like the hardcore guy and gal that I met. And, and you kind of, you, 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 your eyes meet for just that split second. And you're like, hey there, hi there. It's one of the things I go to the office on rainy days when I've gone out and done a long run. I love going to the office on rainy days and you see a salesperson like, coming in in the morning, how's it going? Oh, it's rainy. Oh, it's bad weather. And I'm like, dude, I just went out and ran 15K. It's gorgeous out. Yeah. So, and it, that's the mindset, right? It's so cool.
0: Being from Seattle, <laughs> you know, I'm used <laughs> to... That's, that's all you need to say. Yeah. Rain. Right. Really I grew up so in much- Colorado.
1: Did you know Denver has the most sunshine of any state in the Union?
0: Uh, that I did not know.
1: 300 plus days of sunshine in Colorado. In Colorado or Denver? Colorado. A lot of sunshine. It could be cold as hell.
0: Yeah. It might be minus 10. But Colorado is the whole state. That doesn't mean the whole state is sunny for 300 days uh, of the year. Yeah, well, it means some part of the state is sunny. I'm, That's not saying much. You can almost say know. that about any state, dude.
1: I'm just telling you the sun, random fact that I, mean, I found before I mean, Google Western is. not Google it and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs>
0: Western Washington, Seattle, it, it's cloudy, and it rains a lot. Yeah, yeah. Eastern Washington, on the other side of the Cascade Mountain Range, is very dry. It hardly rains at all. It's basically all right. a desert,
1: almost. But it's not 300 days. Then Colorado Well, is if it you it there's
0: probably 299 we'll, we'll, days of Washington State.
1: We'll, we'll do a Google challenge later, I can tell you that. Uh, do you run? Did you run no, I do did did not,
0: I, I am sorry, David. That's one thing that you and I have <laughs> nothing in common. I hate running.
1: Well, I hated running until I was 35 and
0: fat. I, I don't mind running if I'm playing sports. You, you play just, basketball. What's that? With your
1: height, you must be a good basketball player.
0: I played a lot of basketball when I was younger. I mean, junior high school, high school. I mean, I was a tall guy um, in, in high school. But when I got to college and I played basketball, I remember in, in high school, I had my shot blocked maybe in one season maybe two or three times in my first scrimmage in college i had my shot blocked like six times in one game so i was not tall in college i was not tall what was what sports did you play in uh... baseball mainly baseball yeah what position Uh, As a pitcher Really? Pitcher or first base. Okay. But I, pitching was my favorite position. I, liked, I had very good control.
1: You got hand-eye coordination.
0: Yeah. Basketball was a good free throw shooter.
1: I hated sports growing up. Absolutely hated sports. Yeah. Because I, I don't have uh, hand-eye coordination. Zero. Really? And I don't like teams. I hated teams. I got very nervous because whenever I got the ball, if I have no hand-eye coordination, you give me the ball, I'm going to screw it up.
0: Okay, David. I want to change gears just a little bit here, and I want to talk about the charity that you're supporting—the one called You, Me, We.
1: I'm not a charity kind of guy.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Um, I've never given a charity because I don't believe in where the money goes. Always. So okay. I'm, I'm, I mean, my my sounds bad. My mom grew, uh, is a pastor, right? So I. No, grew I didn't
0: know that. Your mother is a pastor. Yeah. Wow. pastor.
1: So I grew up what? in the church,
0: Lutheran. Lutheran, okay.
1: And and I've always been a bit cynical about, you hear good things and bad things about, I, I mean, she hears everything about what goes on behind the scenes of uh, NPOs in the world. So I always thought, okay, I'm not sure what I trust and not trust. So I'm always a bit cynical. There's 40,000 orphans in Japan. Last year there was like, there was less than... I don't want to exaggerate, but I do think it was like ten. That kind of I want yeah. to say like eighteen yeah. were adopted. Yes, it's that kind of ratio. Yumi We is trying to do is it's kind of interesting trying to get them into college. Basically, that's the end game is getting them wanting to go to college. So if they're on the internet, then they want to learn, and then they might go and learn a language, and then they'll go and. Hopefully, try to get out when they're 18 instead of just dumping them on the street, they get into college. The other thing that they do is they get them connected on the internet to other orphanages globally. So they might be talking to someone in Africa.
0: They who, mean the children. The children, yeah. the
1: kids are talking to another. So that gets them one to practice English, but then education is something I, I like. A lot. All
0: right, so let's wrap this up. David Sweet, thank you very much for your time today and being on Business and Beers Japan.
1: Thank you for the business and the beers.
0: You got it, man. Thanks. And that, my friends, wraps up part two of my discussion with Dr. David Sweet. It also wraps up another episode of Business and Beers Japan podcast. Hope you enjoyed. This has been Andrew Hankinson, and I am wishing you all excellent business, fantastic deals, and delicious beers whenever you consume them. Thank you, everyone.